Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Willie Crawford, and I'd like to welcome you to our show. Uh, we used to call it Willie Crawford Teaches Real Internet Marketing. Uh, we've changed the name of the show uh, to bring it more into a, a new era. And so we're going to call it, uh, from now on moving forward, the business of Internet Marketing, uh, because what we're going to be talking about is uh, not Internet Marketing as a niche, but the business of uh, growing your business, regardless of what it is, over the Internet, using Internet technologies. And so uh, you know, we're, we're going to move forward. And uh, today I have two fabulous guests with me. Uh, the first one, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you about her. Her name is Elon Bamani, and uh, she is uh, going to teach you all about Amazon and the uh, Fulfillment by Amazon program and the business of Amazon. I, uh, I looked at her bio, and I was actually quite wowed, uh, and I, I didn't really know where to start. So I'm going to uh, tell you that uh, in the world of online marketing, she's the um, the owner of Pajama Mama, which is a blog site dedicated to educating moms and dads about various business opportunities that will allow them to fire the boss and then hire their kids. She's the owner of Eat Cheap RS, which is an Amazon store that is generating six figures a year, and Amy for seven. She created a product called Fortune by Azon, which is the mother of all fulfillment by Azon courses uh, that will help folks build a profitable, legitimate, and sustainable business from the comfort of their own home. Uh, this business has the potential of building a legacy for the family, and that, that to me is quite awesome. Uh, she's written numerous uh, books on wealth and when I when I looked at her her bio, I was I mean, I was totally wild. She she uh, started off with nothing but like thirty six dollars in a checking account and built a, a virtual empire to include uh, making millions in real estate. And she's been on television. You know, she's appeared on BET's reality TV show, Mom, Myself, and I. Um, she was uh, in the Louise Hay movie, You Can Heal Your Life. Um, She's uh, appeared on uh, Live with Montel Williams, the Michael Mason radio show, and she's uh, been featured in numerous magazines uh, like Jet, Essence, Black Enterprise, and the National Enquirer, and her accomplishments go on and on and on. I could I could talk about her for, I don't know, an hour or two <laughs> just looking at her bio, uh, but I want to get right into the, the show, though, and so uh, as we start talking, I'm sure we'll get into more of what she is about and what she does. I, I I think the first time I met her, uh, she actually offered me an ebook uh, that had to do with uh, natural health and things like that. And uh, so she she's in so many things, so many spaces uh, that it, it amazes me. And what I see about her is that she's a, a doer, she's a, a leader. She jumps in there and makes things happen. So um, without further ado, I want to go ahead and welcome Elon to the show. Uh, Elon, are you there? Yes, I sure am, Willie. Thank you so much. And the check is in the mail <laughs> as far as the <laughs> wonderful compliments that uh, you have provided uh, to me. And I want to thank uh, you so much for this opportunity to share a wonderful, phenomenal program that's going to help so many families uh, live a very fortunate uh, life in the near future. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I mentioned from reading your bio that you are in the fulfillment by uh, A-Zone niche, if you will. Uh, and so the first thing I, I wonder is, you know, how did you discover this 
this business? How did you get into it? Well, you know, like most typical, you know, families, um, I was searching online for hope, prayer, and a dream, really. I was going through financial perils. As you well mentioned earlier, I was in the real estate, uh, you know, boom. And unfortunately, yeah. as you know, and, and everybody else knows, that it became a bust. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I found myself like most individuals going through that major economic downturn, a major recession we had in the U.S. of A., and so I had tried everything, uh, you know, in order to recoup my losses in that industry. So I looked towards Internet marketing knowing that it was a very viable industry that so many of my peers were doing very well in. And in a nutshell, I, you know, went and searched everything. I tried, you know, PPC. I tried blogging. I tried affiliate marketing. I tried CPA. You name it, I tried it. And unfortunately, uh, you, you could, I got the Google slap, <laughs> got my YouTube account, oh. you know, terminated, et cetera. And so, but, you know, lo and behold, you know, try, try, and try again. Um, you know, I was, my famous motto is fail fast so you can, you can succeed sooner. And lo and behold, I was on a typical webinar like so many individuals uh, do online, trying to search for how to make money online. And I came upon one that spoke about fulfillment by Amazon. And basically for your listening audience, what that basically means is that you basically uh, do a, a, a type of sourcing called retail sale arbitrage. What I basically do is buy low, find items that are on discount 75 to let's say 90% off, and then I sell it higher on Amazon for three times basically what I pay for it. Now, what the beautiful thing about it is it is unlike eBay, Whereas instead of me, you know, basically creating a store and then dealing with customers personally, et cetera, I package, I send off my items, ship them to Amazon, and Amazon fulfills the order for me. They take care of packaging, shipping it off to the customer, all the logistics as far as that is concerned, and also customer service. Once I ship off my item to Amazon, it is completely done on my end, and I just receive a check in a couple of months once that individual purchased the product uh, from Amazon. And you mentioned eBay. Uh, a lot of people you know, think of eBay when they think of selling online, but I don't like eBay because people who go to eBay are looking for bargains. They're, they're bidding for the lowest price, and while their price comparison on Amazon, too, uh, they're not you know, looking for you know, bargain basement stuff at the same time. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that's one thing I want to emphasize to people. It's like, you know, you stop, you're going from Nordstrom, you know, when it comes to Amazon to like Walmart when it comes to eBay. In a nutshell, you know, Amazon has a more stellar reputation. And because of that, they have fanatical fans. It's called Prime members. And Prime is a, is a program that Amazon developed. Uh, where an individual pays approximately $100, and these individuals are of a higher socioeconomic, you know, background, and they have enormous amount of discretionary funds of 100000 or more. So these individuals, make a long story short, really are willing to basically spend oodles of dollars because for Prime, they would get their package shipped to them within two days. So to give people an example, um, for example, I, have, I had a product um, uh, that was a – a simple little um, Scooby-Doo uh, little toy house. And right. I went to Toys R Us, which most people can do, and um, basically purchased it, you know, 75% off for $10. The same product that's being sold on Amazon was sold for $35 on Amazon. 
So there's three times what I paid for it. I shipped it off to Amazon. And in a nutshell, because Amazon is the number one shopper, people go to Amazon to shop. People go to Amazon in order to get the best deals also. So they can have that item shipped to them within two days. And we know shipping in two days costs about $20, $30 for an item like that. Well, they right, can pay right. $35 for an item like that, have it shipped ship to them, have their cake and eat it too, and still get it at a bargain price. So that's why it's so phenomenally uh, beneficial for people to get involved with Amazon because they have over 246,000 credit cards on file <laughs> waiting to purchase items from you. Now, you mentioned, you know, uh, bargain prices and things like that. I understand that when you first started out that uh, you, I guess you were practically bankrupt and you had no real money, so you started out on a shoestring budget. Like, what, what was that like? Well, you know, shoestring budget like zero cash. <laughs> what I mean by that is it simply put, you know, really I was able to find things. I was actually relocating from uh, Texas to um, the Atlanta, Georgia area. And this is what I tell people, and this is what several of my students have been able to do. You can find knickknacks, you can find items, you know, someone else's trash, or someone else's treasure, you know, from gifts from Christmas holiday season that you know you're not going to wear, <laughs> you know you're right. not going to use. And lo and behold, come finding out they were very profitable online on Amazon. So literally I'm talking about I sold toy items. I sold, you know, small appliances that were in my home. Like I said, I never used them. In my garage, sitting, getting a little dust on them. <laughs> so I dusted them off. I did my search on Amazon via my profit detector system. And in a nutshell, I found that these products had great rankings, and they were selling for 5, 10, even 20 times what I had originally sold for them. So my first month in Amazon, I made a whopping $275. But the beautiful thing about it was not a dime came out of my pocket. And I just reinvested the money back into the business, and that's when the ball game started to run. So, you know, people wow. are really shocked, you know, when I tell, share with them this story that they can really start with no money. But for not only myself, but so many of my students have experienced the same thing. And I like that because I know that I periodically just go through my closet and look at what I'm not using, and I think, well, I can give it away to the Salvation Army or Goodwill or something where I can throw it away. But, you know, the saying one man's trash is another man's treasure, and I have a lot of things that I just don't use, and so why hang on to them, you know? So I like that that happened. Now, I also understand that your children helped you with the uh, – the business, uh, you know, what what role did they play? What did they do? I, they're like, they're pretty young, right? And uh, yeah, well, they started out at the age of my oldest one is, was thirteen at the time we started business. My youngest one is eight years old. And in a nutshell, you know, one of the key uh, major little thresholds of entry into Amazon is selling toys. Well, what better <laughs> person to go to is a child, a kid who knows more about the whole toy industry than you and I put together. <laughs> So and for a prime example, one, matter of fact, one of our highest, when we began this business selling items, uh, we went to a Goodwill. I think everybody can do that, uh, the major right. thrift store. And my son found a, which I was clueless about, a Star Wars Xbox game. And we bought it at um, Goodwill for $5.35. We sold it on Amazon for $125. Well, wow. after that experience, he was hooked. He really got it because mom was always trying a lot of, you know, business opportunities online, and he wasn't too sure if this one was going to work. 
But once he saw that ball game rolling, it, he just took off from there. And ironically, we went to another, you know, mom and pop type of fifth store, which is more lucrative opportunities there. And we found this Njago little toy game. And what was shocking for me, the woman was selling the toy, the item for 85 cents. She had a, a literally a garage, not a garage, a, a, a brown bag full of these toys uh, for, 90, uh, for 85 cents. And my son, like, literally freaked out. I was clueless. And we, it was about 100 of those items. We sold each and every one of them for 24 up to $35 a piece for those wow. items. And if it wasn't for him, I would have never have, you know, stumbled upon that miracle. But, but that's what it was all about. And that's, if you can imagine the rate of return on investment, we're talking about 100, 200, 300 to 500%. You know, that's why we were able to get the ball game rolling. Within a year's time, we basically sold uh, $300,000 worth of products on Amazon, uh, being complete newbies in this business. And I always tell people, if my kids can do this business, you can do it too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've shopped yard sales before, and I've, I've always been shocked at how little people charge for things. I mean, I, you go there and there's brand new stuff still in the, in the wrapper that they've even used it, and they're char- selling, you know, uh, a, a jacket for fifty cents or whatever. So they, they don't. They just want to get rid of it. So yard sales strike me as the perfect place to find things. But you know, there's um, I guess there's like several different models uh, for buying and selling stuff on Amazon via the fulfilled uh, by Amazon program. And you you describe the um, the retail arbitrage, um, but it, it, isn't that sort of time intensive too though? You know what? You're absolutely right. And and one of the key things is what I share with people, and you, they'll learn how to do this. Now, right now, I don't uh, pack a box. I don't ship anything else. I outsource everything. Um, I've uh-huh. hired a team that takes care of everything for me. So I teach you how to do that so that it is not time and labor-intensive type of task for you. So you'll learn how to do that in the, in the, at, at the bronze level. But in addition to that, the other sourcing strategies, that's where it gets a lot more easier, where I do what's called wholesale and closeout liquidations, where I buy from pallets and truckloads of items from, from major establishments, and I just have them ship it into Amazon. I make a phone call. This is, I think everybody can do that. <laughs> I place an order and uh, have the company ship it to Amazon. Amazon will put the labels on them will uh, take care of all the other procedures and processes, and that's just based upon me making a phone call. So that's like the second, you know, level where I say that is very beneficial for people to get into Amazon. But as you can well be well aware of, yeah, there's a higher investment. That's why sometimes, you know, depending on where people are at financially as far as their investment into the business, we kind of start off small with retail sale arbitrage so they can build up their funds, their profit margin. Right. And then from there, we take those funds and we invest them in the higher opportunities where they can go on into wholesale and liquidation type procedures and process. And then another option for people, the, the third option, is that they can get into, um, which is very, very beneficial and lucrative, and that is a private labeling. Um, a lot of people have been getting involved with that. And what that basically means is the pro about Amazon is that you get to partner with them and sell on their, their platform. The con to Amazon is that you will be sometimes in some of those listings competing with Amazon. And as you and I both know, <laughs> Amazon wins all of the time because they buy more and they can charge the, the cheapest for that particular item where we cannot compete with that type of margin, okay? 
So where yeah. a private label, where you have your own brand of a particular product that's very popular, um, then what happens is that you have control over that listing. It's your product. It's your brand. So you're not competing against Amazon. You're not competing against any Amazon FBA seller or Amazon merchant seller either. It's just your baby. And from there on, that's where you can make an enormous amount of return on investment. And we've done very well. You know, and, and let me get people really excited because, but not only are we selling on just Amazon.com, really we are selling on Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, and also Amazon Japan. So I'm getting four checks in the mail <laughs> instead wow. of just one every two weeks. And that's what I call diversification <laughs> as far as when income is concerned. When I think about private labeling, you know, uh, the, the first model you mentioned, the uh, retail arbitrage, yeah, you are competing against other people who might list the same item, but when you private label it, there's nobody competing against you because nobody else is selling your label, your brand. Exactly, exactly. And that has proven to be a lot of fun for me. I really have enjoyed that immensely. And like I said, it can be very lucrative. Uh, the only challenge with that is, is that most people just use that model, which I think is a no-no. It's like putting all your eggs in one basket. So right. if, that, if that private label succeeds, then that's hunky-dory. But what if it fails, really? Okay? So what's your yeah. other recourse of income? And that's why I teach – actually, I teach six. <laughs> but I'm keeping the other other two sources as my little ninja tricks. But, you know, the four that I'm, I'm sharing with you, what I did during the time uh, this past February, we did $100,000 in 30 days. And the reason yeah. why – was because we used all four of these systems, and I'm talking about where we used, um, you know, the, the 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 private labeling. We also used the wholesale um, uh, venue. We also used the closeout liquidation venue. We also used uh, retail sale uh, arbitrage, but also we used another one. One that I came up with is called trending Azon profits. That's a new oh, yeah. one on the block that most people don't know about. And in a nutshell, what I do is that where retail sell arbitrage, the complete opposite of that, um, it, that's about you know buying low and selling high. But with trending Azon profits, you buy at retail because the product is hot. Prime example is frozen. Um, really, I was buying frozen castles for $100 and selling them, actually actually the price was $89, selling them for $300 on Amazon during the hot Christmas holiday season because people, it was a supply and demand issue, you know, you know, high yeah. demand but low supply. So because of that basic economics, I was able to get my price for it. So I teach people to look for trends that are going on. And, and the beautiful thing about trends is that, you know, once you find them, people buy them right away because they're hot and heavy, they're trending, people want it like yesterday. You know, in America, instant gratification. And so yeah. you pocket significantly. And so that's kind of my secret weapon to really help you immediately when you enter into FBA. I give you what is called DFYs. It's done for your product. I pick them out. I source them. I do all the work uh, as far as, you know, detecting whether or not it's profitable. It's part of my own inventory, Willie. It can't get any better than that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guaranteed to make money. I know you will. You know, there's no guarantees in life, but I know you have a high percentage of making money too. So I allow right. you. I give you my listings. You basically upload that information. The trick of the trade is you got to take action. So I'm very clear about that. So if people go out, get those products right away, they upload them. They're hot right now. People buy them, and my students instantaneously get results. And as you and I both know, money is a major motivator. 
<laughs> yeah. And so, I, you know, I, once they I see they start another, making money, they get excited. I noticed another person on the line that I think maybe Hattie. Let me check real quick just to see. Uh, caller 661, area code 661. Is that Hattie? Hi, Mr. Clawford. Hi, how are you doing? I'm hey, good, thanks. Sorry that I was delayed. Oh, no, I understand that technology uh, challenges us all from time to time. I, <laughs> I've done shows where people have called us from the side of mountains or whatever, and they couldn't get a signal, you know, I think. So uh, not a problem. Um, we've got the line on the, on the line now, and uh, we're, we're um, talking about – just finished talking about the four different methods that she uses to source products and, and then send them over to Amazon where Amazon handles all the shipping and handling and all that stuff. Uh, uh, Elon, you, um, I have friends who go overseas and do uh, shopping uh, at factories in China or the Philippines or Pakistan or wherever. Uh, you teach them how to do that too? Exactly. They will learn how to not only, you know, source domestically where you can, you know, private label here in the U.S., uh, which are very good and very accommodating to be able to do that. That's the beautiful thing about it is that of late it's become so easy to basically uh, find private label companies that are out there now than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. But even now, you can do it online simply by uh, ordering from products from the Philippines or from Taiwan or also from China uh, in order to, you know, sell private labor in the U.S. So, yes, we do take the show on the road. And so people have the opportunity to um, get do a trip and in their future to China and actually in the, in, and in the Philippines in order to find manufacturers. You want to really want to do it manufacturers instead of the middleman in order to get the lowest price as far as finding private labor items. Yeah. You know, I think this you know, is... Of... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I've been listening intently, and one of the things I love about this system you know, that you've outlined is that you don't have to stock the items, that, you know, yes. <laughs> no storage space, you know. It's, um, it's yes. really cost-effective, and the fact that you can do it globally, I think, has a really good appeal as well, particularly to someone like myself based in the U.K., so. Yes, yes. Going, Willie. Really. There's a, a question in my in my mind too, though. I, I, if you um, miscalculate and you source a tractor trailer load of something that doesn't sell, Amazon warehouses for a while, but are they going to push that back your way eventually? You know what? Yes, and that's why you want to be very careful. Luckily, I've never had that happen to me. Okay, because I do my numbers, and that's the beautiful thing about my program is that I really do set you up for success for the pros and cons of what I've experienced. You learn from my successes as well as what challenges that I've had along the way. But to answer your question, that's why I tell people to kind of start off small. Before we have truckloads and before we have pallets set in, we want to do onesies and twosies, threes, fours, five, six, 20 to 100. So you want to incrementally start to build. And when you find that that product is taken off, that it's going to be, you know, the number one product like on uh, Amazon, and I'll give you a prime example. We had um, actually the number one toy on Amazon. If you could understand that experience, we were literally selling this toy uh, every second, every second, I had a thousand of them in stock. I sold them out in eight hours, really. <laughs> but I didn't start off that way. When I first started selling the item, it was five, it was ten, it was twenty, it was a hundred, and then it really took off from there. And and ironically, we did that 
via our trending Azon Profit Formula. And once again, my son was the one that discovered it. And that's how we were able to get ahead of the trend before that product became number one on Amazon. And we were ready for a miracle when it did. Excellent, excellent. We made, made $40,000 from that transaction alone, 40000 40000 in profit or in mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. That's nice. Now, um, we've talked, uh, we've mentioned that you actually teach other people how to uh, do this, you know. And the reason I mentioned that you can make mistakes and actually end up having them send stuff back is because if you go off on your own and you do it, unless you really know what you're doing, you, you, you look at something and think, well, I like that. Well, that doesn't mean that others will like it. So you have to, you know, look at what the market wants, too. And take, that's something that you are, you're teaching your students, right? I mean, that is correct. In the in the SBA uh, Fortune by Exxon program, I do call it the mother of all SBA programs because I cover the gamut. Um, at the bronze level, it's a wonderful fast start uh, type of program where they will specialize and learn all aspects of retail sale arbitrage and also trending Exxon profits. Then, and that's where they, they, they're in a position where they'll make, you know, um, for a part-time income for like $500, a month. Then there's a silver program where, like I mentioned to you earlier, they'll learn uh, wholesale liquidation. Also, um, they'll learn uh, beginning learning uh, status as far as doing international SBA. And, uh, and that's where they're, they'll start to get to the level of making full-time income, which is 2500 to 5000 a month. And then there's the gold level. And at that level, that's when they're preparing to leave a legacy for their family. It is truly a legitimate, sustainable business. I want to make that very clear to people. Um, it's not a typical online type of a business entity that, you know, comes and goes. This is something that is viable, that they can actually sell the Amazon business um, and exclusive rights to it if they choose to do so in the future. So this is something at the at the uh, gold level where they make six to seven figures, where they learn how to not only, you know, do um, private labeling, also they learn to do multi-channel bulk sales, et cetera, but they will actually learn how to build their own e-commerce store. Uh, because if anything happens with your relationship with Amazon, it's not going to stop you from still building a million-dollar e-commerce business. So these are the smart steps that we're taking for you to have an excellent exit plan. And what better way than have Amazon be a wholesale distributor of your product? Ooh, nobody's heard about that. But that's what we're going to be teaching you at the gold level. So that, that brings up a, a question in my mind. Uh, so are you teaching them that even if they're using Amazon, but they don't need to stick exclusively to Amazon as a platform? You better believe it. That's why multi-channeling means that you can sell on Amazon. You can sell on eBay. You can sell on Rakuten. You can sell on also Google um, Shopping Store, Etsy. You know, there are plenty of other platforms that are out there. Matter of fact, there's a new guy on the block. I'm not going to mention a new guy's name that's going to be one of Amazon's major competitors that most people don't know about. But we are mastering that platform, and that's going to be our new system of how we're going to be doing it. So, so if you can understand that, and, and well, wait, this is the beautiful thing about it. Guess what? Amazon is still going to fulfill that order for you. So even if they buy from eBay, guess what? Amazon is going to fulfill that order. If they buy from Etsy, Amazon is going to fulfill that order. So still, you're not touching an item or doing this yourself. You're getting help from Amazon. It can't get any better than that. <laughs> And doesn't Amazon rank uh, sellers by the volume they move? So if you're selling someplace else, but Amazon's selling your orders, isn't that going to keep you 
higher than the, the listings too? Yes, it does. I mean, Amazon does have what's called the buy box, and they have their own procedure and process as far as that's concerned. So I will teach you the nitty-gritty tricks and trades of how to stay on top and be, you know, the number one seller that, that will purchase from you. But also you're going to learn because Amazon's growing and it's getting kind of crowded. So you're going to learn how to do not only free marketing strategies but also paid strategies that will help you stay, help keep you ahead of the game. Oh, excellent, excellent. And um, we've mentioned several times your your uh, course, uh, and, and we're we're getting near the end of your segment because we've got a uh, Hattie uh, ready to come in the second half hour. Uh, so, uh, your your course, though, you're you're teaching. You're going to be starting a new class soon, teaching inside a membership site. You want to tell them how the, the course is structured and um, you know, how you teach. Sure, sure. I'd be happy to share it with you. I'm kind of proud of this, Willie, because I've seen a lot of the other courses that are out there, and they're all my colleagues, you know. But what I wanted to do is kind of really make it very newbie user-friendly. And what I mean by that is is that they're not, they're not just going to get a wonderful over-the-shoulder videos, a ton of them that they're going to perfuse. Just in the bronze level alone, there are 32 videos. So that's a lot of content information, and with all that content information, you're going to have a lot of questions. So on a weekly basis for two hours, twice a week, usually on Tuesday and Thursday, they will basically be able to, I'm going to go through the same course structure that they received via the videos, and then we're going to have Q&A afterwards because I promise you, you're going to have questions. And so that's one of the beautiful things about it. So we're combining them both in tandem in order to help people increase their learning procedure. Also, people learn differently. So there's going to be some PDFs available for some people that they can read it, and the PowerPoint presentations will be available, as well as they'll have the video and audio uh, um, access to that information uh, so that they can perform well and do well. And also, I call it Reality FBA. I'm going to actually show them live while I'm in the stores making the purchases or live while I'm doing packing. So they actually will see me packing and making sure that they're labeling their products right, et cetera. So it's very, very much hands-on procedure and process. And at the gold level, they have a private consultation with me. I will personalize their FBA business so that they will succeed uh, with the forum and also our FBA mastermind private group. Uh, they'll be able to ask their questions to me. <laughs> so it's not going to be in my team. It's going to be my team, but I will be overseeing the whole entire process. And that's why, as you are well aware, Willie, being in the Internet marketing business, I'm doing things that most Internet marketing gurus will not do. Uh, you know, we're talking about working on weekends. We're talking about, you know, texting you. You know, WhatsApp is what we're going to use where people get access to information. I tell them exactly when the product comes out, doing the DFYs, and how they can get access to it. So this, as you can see, is very hands-on, complete comprehensive course to set people up for success with FBA. And I've noticed that you, you have not only you helping, but other people who have already taken your training there in, like, a private Facebook group where they help each other out. Exactly. And what I, what I call us our colleagues. You know, there is no competition going on because wealthy people realize that there's plenty of room at the top for everybody to succeed and prosper. So if you can see it now, literally, you know, in days we have on a consistent daily basis where people will even source products, they'll find a deal, they'll even comment on because on, they've gotten so used to me doing it. And, it, it, you know, it's funny how success is contagious. And they come in and they volunteer information uh, to help people succeed and tell them about products that will make them three, four, ten times what they pay for it as far as profit is concerned. So, you know, proof is in putting my students 
are having $100 days, $500 days, $1,000 days, $10,000, a month. It can't get any better than that. That's why I know my system works is because it's working right now for everyday Americans today. Okay, and we are uh, out of time. So for our listeners who want to know more about the uh, FBA uh, course that you're launching and, and want to check out your training or want to just know more about you, what's the best way for them to uh, to contact you? Sure, no problem. They can uh, go to uh, Fortune by Azon uh, and check out the program there. They can also contact me at thepajamamama.com. Um, as far as that's concerned, or please welcome us to my Facebook page. It is Elon Bomani, facebook.com forward slash Elon Bomani, and I'd be happy to answer all questions for them in regards to Fortune by Azon. Okay, and you talk a little fast, so it's, but I'm more of a thousand with a draw, so it's fortunebyazon.com. <laughs> and uh, I do encourage people to check it out. I know we, we have some. Uh, affiliate marketers uh, who will be listening to the call. When when you uh, relaunch the course, you, you are rolling it out to affiliates, and so anybody interested in that, they can get that information from you and actually help you to spread the word on the course. So uh, I encourage uh, people to check it out. And I'll have some links on the, the show page to uh, point them in your direction, too. Wonderful. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Willie. I do appreciate it, and I wish everyone massive success. And I see at the top, over the top, and more importantly, I will see you at the bank. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. <laughs> Thank you. And, Hattie, we are with you now. Uh, for our listeners, um, the second half of our show is dedicated to my new co-host. Uh, but we are now international as a show uh, because Hattie's over in the U.K. Uh, tell you a little about her. She, was, uh, she graduated with honors, uh, which uh, made her parents and her whole family proud. Uh, she's an energetic author, a PR expert, and a journalist with over 17 years of media experience. Uh, so she has the proven ability to get results. She's placed media coverage in Forbes magazine, BBC Radio, CEO Com, uh, the Huffington Post, and has secured over $500,000 worth of media coverage. Hattie has secured coverage in over 46 countries worldwide and has helped their clients to win top business awards. In addition, she's placed clients as speakers at events, and she's placed one client at the same event as Bill Clinton, who was the keynote speaker. Uh, this raised her client's profile to no end. Can you imagine speaking on the same Being able to say you spoke on the same stage with Bill Clinton. It's passionate, hardworking, results-focused, with a laid-back, personable twist. Hattie is a media powerhouse. Hattie, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the call, and you know it's always really nice to speak to you because we have fun. <laughs> you know, we we talk about serious stuff, but it's also very accessible as well, which is really cool. So thank you. My, it's my pleasure. And if it's not fun, then I think you know you're doing something wrong. I I, uh, I don't believe in having jobs that aren't fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I I I was I was going to say. Um, a lot of the people that I deal with, they don't fully appreciate uh, the need for media or publicity and things like that. But you come from a, a background where you actually work with the media. Um, for, for, for the Internet marketers or the online people who don't understand why they need media, you know, can you sort of enlighten them? 
Absolutely. There's many reasons why you need media exposure. First of all, it can bring a lot of free traffic to you, literally, you know, just customers running to your site in droves. And also, it can really help to raise your profile. I mean, imagine saying that you've been in Forbes magazine or on, you know, in the New York Times and places like that. It really helps you to stand out amongst your competition, you know. So I think anyone can run a business, but it takes a really special person to have the media chasing after them, you know, to want to write about them and to want to feature them. For me, it's been just a real pleasure to have placed, you know, clients literally all over the world, you know, because when you can say that you're an international business owner or an international internet marketer or international anything, instantly it raises your credibility. People really start to take notice. So works in different ways, you know, in terms of traffic, and also raising your profile and your brand. I've seen that because I was trained as a professional platform speaker, and my mentor told me, he said, well, in order to be in demand in the U.S., you need to speak internationally. So you can say you were an international speaker. So I traveled to the U.K., to Singapore, to Indonesia, and so now I can say I'm an international speaker. And in fact, even if you, know, you are an expert, but in your hometown or in your family, people discount you, but the people outside your community don't discount you. So it's, it, it, you know, it's, I don't know why people are that way, but you appreciate more after you've stepped out of your, your backyard. Absolutely. It's amazing how the human mind works. Sometimes you can be, like you said, doing really good things business-wise in your hometown, but the minute that you say that you've been outside, people in your home start, town start to take notice, and, and they're like, wow, you've made it. So, Sometimes you have to go outside of your jurisdiction and to, in order to sell back in. So, you know, I've, I've found that, you know, quite a lot over the years. Yeah, and, and well, you know, I, was, I, I opened with the question of why people need the publicity. I, I watch so many online business owners struggle. Uh, they, they, first of all, make the excuse that they can't to buy traffic, which is uh, you don't need to buy it if you can get it for free. So the publicity is, is the way to go there. And uh, it, it just it brings what once you build that credibility, which is another thing we just tempted at. Then the customers actually start sticking you, which is is a, is a beautiful thing. I I honestly don't look very hard for customers anymore. They they read about me or somebody tells them about me and they come looking for me. And so that's a, a very nice position to be in, isn't it? Where people are sticking you out and you actually get to pick and choose who you want to work with. Absolutely. You know, I've I've seen it with some of my clients in terms of they get start to get media exposure and they literally go from being, you know, the hunter to the hunted. People start hunting after them. You know, I saw you in this outlet. And not only that, but they start to become aware of you. They start to get to know you and your brand. I think it's one thing to place an advert and to send traffic to you, but it's another thing for people to actually get to know and to like and to trust your brand. And that's so important in the buying process, you know, to have an article written about you, talking about your persona, about your business, and to have a journalist commenting on you as well is a huge accolade. It can speak so much more than what paid advertising can do. Yeah, when I, when I look at paid advertising, it's you telling the world how great you and your product is, and the, and the world looks at that and says, well, of course, you're going to say nice things about yourself, but it's when an outsider, a, a journalist or someone says things to you and puts you on a pedestal, 
and, and indirectly endorses you, lends you their credibility, that, that's where the power, to me, kicks in. It's like an outside party endorsing you when they give you that publicity. Absolutely. You know, journalists and media outlets in general, they create the trends. You know, they're the trends. When they start talking about something, people start to take notice. So when they start to talk about something that you're doing, people start to really believe in it. They start to, you know, relate it to credibility. So it's it's interesting, and it's a lot easier than what people think. You know, over the years, people have said to me, but it seems so difficult or it seems so out of reach, and they think that, is it really attainable, you know, as a, as a business startup, as a medium size? A lot of the time you're dealing with mentalities because people don't believe that they're worthy of media coverage. The fact is the media need media. You know, they need stories. They need your story. They're looking for what you have to say because that's how they generate their advertising revenue. They need stories to feature on a week-to-week basis, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I, I can't see a magazine or a newspaper publishing a, a magazine or a newspaper that is only advertising. So they, they obviously have to have content. And I, I, I've been taught that, uh, as well, if, you know, if you make their job easier, make it easier for them to deliver what their, their readers or viewers uh, want, then uh, they'll embrace you because you, you just made their job so much easier and made them look good too. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think if you send the right story to the journalist at the right time, it will get picked up instantly. You know, if they're having a slow news day, you know, your press release or your pitch will come through and they'll call you back instantly. And I've had an instance of that this week where I've made a pitch, literally within about 10, 15 minutes or so, I've had you know, the person write back and say, absolutely, yes, when can you get the story to us? So oh. um, it it can happen pretty quickly, um, and as I said, it's accessible to everybody. It's not something that just top internet marketers can access. It's something that you can go to, no matter what level you're at, really. Now, uh, our listeners, they, they, they probably appreciate the value, and in fact, you save money when you can get the publicity for free, but most of them probably don't know where to start, how to start, until they don't start. Uh, so, yeah. So what what would you tell them, you know, if, if you've never even sought publicity, you, you just opened a, a new store uh, on Main Street, a donut shop or whatever, you know, wh- where would you tell them to start? If you just opened a donut store, I mean, I've got an approach which I call the stepping stone approach, and I use it quite a lot because if you just envisage steps and just literally working your way up from media outlet to media outlet. So at step one, I have some of the lower level outlets and that could be your local press. As a business owner, you should always be talking to your local press because they love to celebrate businesses and they want to celebrate you as a business owner. You know, they really, there's so much doom and gloom happening that it's nice to hear, you know, a story about a new donut shop opening or a business owner winning an award and whatnot. So at step one, I always say approach your local press. Step two is where you work your way up to a bigger size blog or a, media, a bigger size media outlet. And local press, they normally have a circulation of about 20,000 readers, which is still quite a lot. At the next step, you work your way up to a blog or a medium-sized outlet with 
approximately forty to 50,000, you know, readers and listeners. And then you literally work your way up step by step until you get to, you know, sort of step five, which is the blog with millions of readers, international. And when we talk and, about this stepping stone, a step approach, the fact that you're in one, featured in smaller media, does that help you to get featured in larger media? Absolutely. You know, the the higher up that you go, the more that you can say, I've been featured in, and then you list the outlets that you've been featured in previously as you go up the steps. Um, the stepping stone is something that I've developed over the years because it works. You know, I've pitched my clients at some lower level ones and then use that as collateral to get to some of the bigger ones. You don't always have to go in at the lower levels. It depends on, you know, your first of all, your confidence because I think a lot of it has to do with confidence and how much you believe in your product or your service. So, you know, sometimes I've done step one, skipped a few steps and jumped to step five. And I've done that with clients on several occasions whereby we started off with a local press and then literally jumped straight to the millions within the space of a month. It can be that quick. Okay, so we, we went from local press to uh, medium size and blogs and then we and what the uh, industry publications maybe, something like that. What what's the next step up after the thirty to fifty thousand uh, range? After the first fifty thousand range, you can normally hit the. You know, I always say contact outlets that are specific to your industry. So, if you're an internet marketer, there will be outlets that are targeted towards your audience, and they would normally have between a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand readers, which is still quite a sizable number. It, it, well, it's sizable, but even more importantly. It's targeted because if it's industry specific, uh, you're not just casting a broad net. You're focusing on those people who uh, should be interested in, in you and, and your story. Absolutely, and I think whenever you're planning your media campaign, you should always have the the object objective in mind. So, if you want to attract more customers, go to where your customers are. Target the media outlets that your customers are reading. If it's to raise your profile, then go for some of the bigger nationals and internationals. International coverage is good, and it's good to say that you're an international brand, but it doesn't work for every business. So whenever I'm working with business owners, I treat every business differently. Yes, I use the stepping stone approach, but within that, we get very targeted and we hone in on what they'd like to achieve and the time frame which they'd like to achieve as well. When you when you mention international, one of the questions that has to come to some of our listeners' minds is, okay, you're in the UK and I'm in the US. Uh, does this approach work in any country, you know, or will it not work in certain countries because of cultural differences? It can work in any country. You know, you can be in China, you can be in the US, you can be in Gambia, in Africa. It can work anywhere. The, the great thing about PR is a lot of the tactics are the same. It's just the approach might be slightly different. So you can contact international publications from anywhere in the world. You're right. And um, let's, let's talk about contacting publications. Uh, I, when I first started thinking about um, getting publicity, I remember buying a computer program 
that sent out faxes, broadcast faxes, and uh, you know, it, it, uh, you, you'd scan something and it just took a list of, email, of uh, phone numbers and just started broadcasting. Um, how, how do you recommend people uh, approach press now? Um, the press releases still work for many people. I mean, I, I know that newspapers and magazines are bombarded with uh, press releases, aren't they? They are, and they still work. It really depends on the heading that you use and and the pitch that you use. I'm not a huge fan of page-long press releases because, like you said, because journalists are bogged down with them, they like to see concise information. Whenever I'm doing a pitch, I normally send a really, really catchy subject heading with literally two to three paragraphs at the max just outlining like I said, the story. So if, for example, I was working with a business consultant, I would more than likely t- um, pitch business tips for an, a media outlet because people always want advice. You know, they're always looking at how they can increase their sales. And it's a really good way to showcase your expertise as well as give valuable content. Okay. And and uh, I, I know a lot of um, our listeners especially the, the online marketers, they, they are content marketers. So we, I've written like almost 4,000, over 4,000 articles over the last 18 years, and I was just taught to put your content out there, and that would brand you as an expert. Um, do you still recommend, you know, basically, even with the press, which you're putting a lot of content out there, do you, you think that's a good approach? Absolutely. The media are driven by content, and a lot of the time, what I tend to do with my clients is just repurpose information because the media love exclusives. You know, there's so many different ways to say the same thing. So you could effectively have the same article and pitch it to three or four different outlets, just giving it a different spin. So, like I said, if you had, um, if you wanted to do sales tips and how to, you know, drive traffic to, to a particular site, use a catchy heading for one outlet spin it slightly for another outlet and just give that exclusivity aspect to it, make them feel like they're getting something that is so valuable that anyone can use. So so you're saying we can develop a, a core article or a core um, bundle of content and then keep repurposing it but with slight spins? Absolutely. You know, I've been writing the same article for years with some of my clients, and it gets picked up every time because the more that we spin it, the more that we can see a different angle within that article. One of the things that you impressed on me was actually to not overthink it, but to get out there and start doing it uh, because it's it's so very easy to worry about... um, Making the wrong approach, and so you sit there and you analyze. Just like when I asked you about uh, the press release, and you said you don't believe in the long, full-page press release, uh, but uh, the majority of our listeners would go on the internet and they would look for a template, and they would model that template exactly. And you know, do I have all the things in just the right place? Uh, you're saying that's not necessarily uh, essential, but. Uh, you, you teach people, uh, because I, I have your um, course, uh, you teach people uh, how to, to 
go out and get publicity. And um, well, you want to tell tell the folks about your um, publicity overload? Absolutely, publicity overload is something I developed with absolute love and passion, just for people that really want to learn how to get do publicity. Because, you know, as mentioned, I've been working in the media for over seventeen years, and it's a really great feeling to see yourself either in print on TV or on a guest blog. So because I have a lot of people coming up to me and saying, hey, Hattie, I want to get media exposure. How do you do it? I decided to develop publicity overload just as a way to really help people to get media exposure. A lot of people can't necessarily afford the, you know, the high PR fees that publicity companies charge. So publicity overload is just a really affordable way to get a lot of media exposure. I've also thrown in a contact list of over 10,000 media contacts, over 10,000. So whatever niche you work in, there is a journalist out there and within that contact list that you can target and that you can pitch your story to. And that list is international, isn't it? It's international, absolutely. So you can use it anywhere in the world and it's got international journalists on there. Now, do you encourage people to, to reach out to lots of journalists? I mean, we, we talked about the stepping stone approach and starting locally and then expanding from there, but do you, you encourage them to just seek as much publicity as they can get? I encourage people to test the waters a bit. So whenever I'm doing pictures, I normally send it to at least 10 journalists at any particular time. And within those 10 journalists, again, the heading of the pitch will be slightly different I'd say send it out test it see the results that you get as well always monitor your PR results and your publicity results because you could send 10 out and then have six journalists to respond back and then you'll have six different articles to write at any particular time so I'd say send it to no more at 10 at a time test it see the results and once you send the pitch Four days later, send a follow-up email just to make sure that they've received the email because they may not necessarily see it the first time, but they should see it, definitely see it the second time that you send it. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you do if you send out uh, a bunch of pictures and you don't hear anything? In that case, I think it's perfectly acceptable to call a journalist and to say, just a very brief conversation and say, you know, hi, I've sent a picture to you. Introduce yourself, be very personable, and give them a brief indication as to what the story is about. That's what people normally call selling in a story. So it's where you pick up the phone. And that's actually how I secured the Forbes interview. I can be very impatient sometimes. So I'd sent the journalist an email and then waited maybe a day or two and then thought, you know what, I'm going to give them a call. So picked up the phone, phoned the journalist, and literally within less than a minute, I had a yes for two of my clients on two different stories. So, In Forbes. In Forbes. Yes. <laughs> Just like that. I mean, like I said, people think that it's unattainable. It's not. It's very attainable. If you have the guts to do it, and if you know how to do it as well, having the contact list. Yeah, I, I I I keep telling myself that even if you didn't get a yes, you're not being rejected. It's that you didn't present the offer properly. You didn't offer them what they knew their audience wanted, and so it is a matter of uh, offering them what they need, what they want. Um, 
you teach that in your your course, basically about you, you know, Absolutely. how to figure out what so they I, want. Definitely, I I teach people how to figure out what they want and how to really study the audience. You have to tailor your pitches according to the audience. Like I said, you know, one size does not fit all. So, you know, I teach people how to do the pitches, how to tap into the target audience, how to monitor the results, and also how to prepare for the media exposure because once you do get coverage, you will start to get a lot of coverage. You will start to get a lot of traffic. You know, what do you do? You really do need to brief your staff to make sure that if people are phoning up, they're aware that you've had media coverage and what you've said. So there's a whole mechanism that goes behind it, which I teach in publicity overload as well. And actually, once the, the ball gets rolling, once people start contacting you and you're getting publicity, uh, it sort of takes on a life of its own, doesn't it? I mean, it just snowballs. Absolutely. You know, once you start getting two or three pieces of coverage, journalists start to read about you because some media content is recycled. You know, journalists will be looking at other media outlets and seeing what people are writing about. And eventually they'll start coming running to you, which is where the real fun starts because you get to pick and choose what media outlets you're quoted in. And it's a really great feeling when a journalist calls you up and says, you know, I've seen you in Forbes or in this outlet. And I'd love to interview you. Really nice accolade. And it adds a lot of weight to your brand as well. Wow. But that, that is very powerful. You know, and and I, I'm sure our listeners appreciate the, the magnitude of getting a, a write-up in Forbes. I mean, what, what, what's the value of, you know, if, if Forbes runs a four-page or a five-page spread on you, you know, a story on you and your company or your business, that's worth quite a bit, isn't it? Absolutely. That starts to run into millions. I mean, Forbes is its an internationally recognized brand. And in terms of advertising, they can pretty much command what they want and people will still pay it. So the the value of that is huge. I mean, even if you're just right up in a local newspaper, that's going you know, worth 500 to $1,000. And so you know, the bigger the, the media outlet, I've, I've looked at, just buying advertising in, in magazines like Entrepreneur Magazine or whatever, and you know, a one-page ad is, like, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and if you can get that for free, that's very powerful. Absolutely. And for me, I I love to simplify things for people. You know, I love getting people media exposure. It's really great to see people in print and whatnot, which is why I developed the course. You know, I want people to go out there and to take action and even with some of the tips that I've given you today, you can still use part of it and go out there and take action. You know, I'm looking at the clock and watching it run down. Uh, and as we start doing more shows, one of the things that we'll do is look at the on-air time. And what happens is when we run out of time, it'll keep recording, but the audience can't hear anymore. And so we want to tell them how to uh, get in touch with you before we wrap up the air. Okay, absolutely. So if you want to know more about me and also Publicity Overload, you can go to www.publicityoverload forward slash Willie Crawford. Okay, so www.publicityoverload.com forward slash Willie Crawford. <laughs> and uh, the, um, 
we don't have time for a question. So I basically want to thank the, the listeners for joining us today, and I want to thank you, Hattie, for joining us too. 